welcome to another episode of Design and Influence. It's really great to have you here in 2022. We crested and things are looking up. I mean, it depends what you read, but look, uh, business is still going. Life is still happening. We have an amazing guest for you, an amazing topic. We're going to basically look at what is what does it mean to be successful versus kind of mediocrity uh, bound architect. And we're going to actually take it from a business perspective, the business of architecture. And today to help me unpack this, I have a very special guest, a person who's becoming fast becoming a friend. And um, he's self-described entrepreneur architect, which I don't hear a lot in the space. Mark LePage, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Alex. Thanks for inviting me on the show. I'm looking forward to this. And, and um, that's exactly why I started using that term is to shift the mindset of architects to be more entrepreneurial. Now was that was my question. So but let's let's introduce our co-host as well, Boris Rapport, CEO of and founder of ArcIT. Boris, good to have you, man. Thank you, Alex. Hi, everybody. Good to uh, good to speak to everybody again. Yeah, cool. So Mark and I will jam on this, but please pop in. Because you have a lot of expertise working with deeply with architecture firms from a technical standpoint. And sometimes you help with the business issues as well. And I should say, like, I don't know, we looked at, uh, we built a strategic plan for ArcIT team. And then we looked at the growth of our clients internally. And we popped it at around, we, we pegged it, sorry, at around 7 to 10% last year. So our clients on average grew 7 to 10%. So last year was a good year for architects at least from our sample size, right, boys? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that correlates with a lot what happened in the world. Um, and maybe we can tap Mark for some of the, some of that too. Yeah, but growth not necessarily means success, Mark, does it? And, you know, what, what is your kind of, what is your take on this? Um, first of all, but maybe do, do a quick introduction because you're doing some amazing things with Gable Media and other things. Maybe do a quick introduction of yourself and, and how would do you define success? Sure. I, my name is Mark LePage. I'm a residential architect. I'm located in Waxhaw, North Carolina, which is about 20 minutes south of Charlotte, North Carolina. Born and raised up in the New York metropolitan area. Moved from New York to North Carolina in 2019, just before the world shut down. And so I uh, escaped just in time. And uh, about 10 years ago, I took a personal blog called Entrepreneur Architect, built a community around that blog. Actually, that that blog attracted a community and uh, that community encouraged me to turn it into something bigger. And in 2012, I launched entrearchitect.com. Uh, so entrearchitect, entrepreneur architect. And um, it's a platform to teach architects how to build better businesses. It's got training and mastermind groups and resources and all kinds of things. Uh, building it to help the, the profession learn to build better businesses. When I first started in architecture, there was nothing on the internet for business. And architects would come out of architecture school with no idea uh, how to run a business. And so my mission is to teach them, is to, is to help them become more successful. And in 2020, uh, actually 2012, when I launched the, launched the, the, the website, I also launched the Entree Architect podcast the same day. On December 12, 2012, I called it my 12-12-12 project mm. and uh, launched the podcast. Today, I have over 430 episodes of the podcast. Has been, I've been doing it uh, every week since I launched it. And, uh, and that podcast has grown significantly and has really been the driver for growth at Entree Architect. And in 2020, 
I decided to create a second podcast called Build Your Brand. And I partnered with a, a friend of mine, Jeff Eccles, to host it. I reached out to another friend who's an architect podcaster, uh, Demetrius Lynch, and put those two guys together and say, go build a podcast about marketing and branding. And they came back with Build Your Brand podcast, which was fantastic. And through that process, we realized there was an opportunity to create a second company called Gable Media, which is a multimedia company focused now on podcasting. Eventually, we become video channels, YouTube video channels and that kind of thing. And also... Um, a, digital print, doing uh, helping architects self-publish and those kind of things. So right now we're focused on podcasting. I've grown to 10 podcasts uh, and I've been really, really happy and successful bringing the, the audio medium to architects, basically reaching out to existing thought leaders in the profession and saying, hey, you should bring your message to audio and we have a way to do that. That's what Gable Media helps them do. And so to, def to define success from an architect's point of view, I really believe it starts with profit. And that's very different than traditional architects. Most architects before I started the blog really looked at success in architecture about design. They wanted to create great architecture and they wanted to change the world. They all want to change the world. They want to make the world a better place through their designs and through their architecture. Um, and so the mentality was design great architecture and more great architecture will come and the business will follow, right? That's the way architects traditionally for generations have thought. I mean, there's lots of reasons for that. And I don't, I don't know if you want to go too far down the reasons on why that is. A lot of it has to do with AIA and antitrust lawsuits, but the mindset is design great architecture and the business will come with it. Um, and sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes architects do build businesses that way. Um, but architecture is a business. And businesses run on money, right? The money is the fuel for business. And um, so what I've been teaching architects since 2012 is build the business first. And I have a, a motto, I call it profit, then art, right? And when architects hear that, the hair on the back of their neck stand up, right? They don't want to think profit, then art. They want to think art. I want to be an artist. But if you don't build the business first, then you can't create the art that you want to create. And that's, that's how I define success is, is a successful business needs to be a profitable business. And then that will lead you to being able to create great architecture. Gotcha. So I sort of like, when I reached out to you initially with this idea, it's like Boris and I want to talk about success versus medi mediocrity, because we want to see our clients succeed. We want to see architects succeed so they build a better world. I mean, yes, that's definition. You're actually building, improving the world, like right. physically. <laughs> so it's visible. Great. Um, when I reached out to you, it's like, okay, well, the way I like loosely define success for any business is like one, make money and work on great projects, or do interesting work and then work with great people. And so I think we're aligning there. Yeah. Let's un unpack some of the things you said, because I, I want to do some, I want to have some takeaways for people. Sure. sure. And, and I don't know if there's a better person <laughs> that had all this exposure and years and years of, of grinding and, and growing on own business, as well as seeing, helping others to, to help unpack and answer those questions. But number one is like, I think there's some truth to it, Mark. Success comes over time. And if you built a beautiful building, right? You know, it took you, you know, 10 years to design it and, you know, it rise to prominence, whatever. Then maybe in 15, 20 years, you start getting some projects off of that or something like that. But is there, some, are there some things that people can do to shorten the timeline to success 
but also enjoy the journey, not give up the artistry, the mm-hmm. initial drive over profitability. Because I don't think we're saying that, right? We're not yeah, saying no. give those up. No, definitely not. Okay. No. Create the, create the foundation so you can go do the things you want to do and create the architecture you want to create. So what's some of the components of that foundation? The fundamentals of business, right? It's, it's financial fundamentals. Understand the way money works for a small business, right? You need to understand profit loss statements and balance sheets, how money comes in and how money goes out. You need to understand how to, first of all, who, who is your ideal client? Right? Who is mm-hmm. who is this the the single focus that you want to focus on? And that's another thing that architects struggle with. Every, the architects want to be generalists. They want to do everything for everyone, and that's very difficult to build a business on as well. And so, I teach teach it find an ideal client, and that's what Jeff teaches with Build Your Brand with the podcast and and now Context and Clarity and and some of the other workshops that we've done and. Once you have an ideal client, everything else gets easier, right? Because now you know who that person is, who that committee might be, right? But but it's specific, it's a specific person. Even if you're doing commercial work, even if it's in institutional work, there's a specific person that you want to attract, right? Because they're the decision makers. And so once you understand what your ideal client is, now you could build a brand, another thing that architects traditionally never did, was build a brand. You have to build a brand that will resonate with that ideal client. So when they hear your message, when they hear your story, when they land on your website, when they meet you in a, in a networking meeting and you tell them your story, you resonate with them. The story that you tell them, the story that's being told on your website has a physical, emotional connection with them, right? They instantly know they're in the right place. That's what you want to build with a, with a brand. That's what a brand is. It resonates with that ideal client. And then once you have a brand, then you need to build a marketing system that will drive traffic toward that brand. And then once you drive traffic toward that brand, you have to have a sales system that will convert that traffic into sales. And then once you have those sales, then it goes right back into the financial system that you started with. And then it creates that cycle again. And it goes over and over and over again. Once you have that, then you start to have profit because you've built these systems to become efficient. You have a profitable business. Then you can attract great people to work for you, and then you could start growing, right? Mm. And then and then once you start growing, then you can attract more of those ideal clients, and now you have a full pipeline of projects and people that you want to work with, that you love to work with, that you're an expert at working with. And if you wanna grow beyond that ideal client, now you can start expanding on that ideal client. Do parallel or, or allied types of projects that are similar, right, that you can that you can now expand your expertise. People start to know who you are, and then you can start to expand into other other markets and other other types of buildings. All right, so that's a model. I think that's a great model. Now, can we, do you mind if I break down some components and help our no, listeners like with the particulars? Because I always, when I was a younger business person, I focused a lot on, well, I, I leaned on my education, but that was like, that's really, it's just foundation. A lot of it was through audio, right? Listen to a lot of podcasts. That's kind of how I how I learned, how I you know, started my own podcast, interviewing great people. That is wonderful. But like, I always thought, man, I, if I could only just get a couple takeaways to get me started, because you just built a model, yep. but there's a lot there. Um, so on one thing, like, can you give us an example of an ideal client? Like, how yeah. would you formulate that? Maybe do a pretend architecture company or for your own? How would sure. that look like? 
for for my architecture firm, my firm was built on serving uh, families in Westchester County, New York, who were trying to take old houses because the stock housing stock in in Westchester County, where I was, was a hundred years old. Uh, it was fully very dense area, right? So there's no room to build new houses. So all these houses are old, and so we built a brand. Five Cat Studio was the name of the firm. And our ideal client were young families moving out of the city and establishing themselves in the suburbs of New York City. And we built additions and alterations to those old homes and up and renovated those old homes. So basically creating new homes out of old homes that were that were designed specifically for this ideal client of this family moving out of New York City out to the suburbs. And there's so much that unpacked with that ideal client, right? Because that ideal client is moving out of the city because they're going to raise a family, right? So now I know there's a family. Many of those clients are moving from a city to really out in the middle of the woods. And so there's a fear there, right? They're very, very comfortable in the city. You move out into the country, the unknown of the darkness and the quiet and the silence, you start to understand what people want and what people need because you you are focused on one ideal client. And that allows us to build the brand around that one ideal client and create an emotional connection with that ideal client because you understand who they are. As a young architect, we learned that through trial and error, right? I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that I needed to build a brand. Mm. I started architecture just the way arch other, every other architect did. I had no idea coming out of architecture school how to build a business. Uh, my wife and I are both architects. We are partners. She's to focus on the design side. I was focused on the business side. And that's how we built, built our firm. But I understood intuitively marketing, right? I understood how to get people to know who we were and what we did. But I didn't even understand that there needed to be a next step, <laughs> right? And I didn't. It's, and so I, everybody knew who we were and what we did. But, and I would, I would be meeting with four or five, 10 people a, a week and not getting the jobs and I wouldn't understand. And then I actually took um, a seminar called the, um, the Academy of Entrepreneurial Excellence at a community college. And it was actually the, the inspiration for Entree Architect Academy. Hmm. Um, they took the, the 15 fundamentals of business and every it was 15 week program and every week they'd focus on another fundamental of business. And I would go through that program every week and I'd come home to Anne-Marie and say, yep, we're doing that right. Yeah, we're doing that right. It's all good. And every week she'd come back, I'd come back and I'd say, we're doing that right. We're doing that right. And, and she would start getting frustrated because the whole point was to figure out what we weren't doing right. Why, why were we not growing? Why were we not bringing in the projects that we wanted to bring in? And then the week on sales showed up <laughs> and and I learned something called the sales system, which I wasn't doing. I had no sales system at all. I would, I would have the marketing, I'd get the interview, I'd go out and meet the, the client, I'd go back to my office, I'd put together a proposal and I'd mail it to them and I'd wait for them to respond. And if they didn't respond, I'd go out to the next client that wanted me to send them a proposal and I'd send them a proposal and they wouldn't respond because there was no system beyond the marketing system, right? The client showed up, I did what they told me to do and they didn't respond because there's no interactive sales system in place. Soon as I followed up on those proposals in a systematic way, I started getting a lot of work 
and I fixed that problem. And so that's, that's sort of the origin of where I learned how to create a brand and, and, and specifically pick that ideal client. Um, two young architects, we were 29 when we started our firms, our firm. We had no money, no clients. We just knew we wanted to have our own architecture firm. So we're like, all right, we're going to start our own architecture firm. And Westchester County is very wealthy. It's all the executives from New York City live up in Westchester County in Greenwich, Connecticut. And so our, what else are you going to do? You're going to design those giant big homes. You're going to design these big brand new homes. So we started marketing toward those clients and then didn't get any of that work. And realized that we were competing with firms that have been around for 40, 50 years that have a portfolio of 100 projects that we were trying to compete with. We had no projects. <laughs> we were fully qualified to design those houses, but nobody hired us to do those projects because we didn't build the brand around that. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have the credibility for that. And so we recognized that there was this sweet spot between the really small additions and renovations and these big projects. We called them um, high-end small projects, essentially additions and alterations on these big houses. The firms that were doing those big houses didn't want the small renovations and alterations work. And those projects were a little bit too big and a little bit too fancy for the small, small projects, you know, small renovation architects. And so we built a brand around that market. We went at that, that uh, demographic, people coming out of New York City, moving into those big expensive houses upstate. And we were the architects that would do the renovations and the alterations to those houses. Did built a great business around that for years. And then once we built a reputation and, and, and built a brand around that, then we started to expand into designing some of those big houses. Gotcha. That's a, that's a great story. So for, to the untrained eye and, and a lot of business owners, unfortunately think this way, why would I limit myself right. to this small segment if there's just a world, you know, is my oyster. Um, can't be more <laughs> incorrect mindset. Let's just face it. It's just I've never, I've never seen it except Amazon. Uh, <laughs> uh, even even Amazon, book. even it, Amazon started with books. Right. True. Right. They didn't start as the thing that it is today. They started with books. They're going to sell yeah. books online. Very, very, very focused. Yep. Right. And if you go back to Jeff Bezos's origin story. He picked books specifically because it was easy to create a business around that on the internet. He didn't care about books. Didn't care. He wanted to build what he what he ended up building. The everything and, store. And the books was the beginning of that. Yeah. Because now he can market to the people who are interested in buying books online. So as an entrepreneur, you know, and, and three of us are, are titled as such on this show, and I'm sure many listeners uh, if they don't know it yet, they are. If you run a business um, or even aspire to run a business, I'd say you can own that entrepreneurship title. Yeah, I think that the, the, the pivot in what, what, from what you described was this, this, first of all, you realize you don't know something. So default solution is more meetings, more proposals, you know, maybe get business. Instead, hey, why don't I take that 15-week course and actually, you know, educate myself. And I think that's what, and you, you just mentioned that, that that changed your viewpoint. And I think that is an opportunity for whoever's listening. If they're just starting out, or I don't care if you've been in business 20 years, 
and you're sort of like struggling with success, you know, go learn. I mean, I have, I have an accounting book back there that I dread, (laughs) (laughs) but I worked through it. Right. It is what it is. One chapter at a time. Um, Anyway. So, so learning is, is, I think it's a big opportunity. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit, not too much, but let's shift focus to brand. Now you feel free to inject a story anywhere here, but maybe top two or three components of what the brand is for architects. Yeah. The, the brand is, and, and um, Jeff Eccles says this all the time. Actually, I think it's a Jeff Bezos quote. Um, your brand is what they say about you when you're not in the room, right? It's, it's everything they think about you is your brand. It's, it is your website. It is your logo, right? A lot of people think, well, brand logo, that's your brand. The brand is, the logo is just a representation of your brand, right? It's a, it's a visual representation of the, of the overall brand, but the brand is what people think of you when they, when they think, think who you are, right? With, with Five Cat Studio, our brand was designing happy, healthy homes for young Westchester families. That was our brand, right? That was our tagline too, but that's what we were essentially doing. We were designing healthy, happy homes for families. And that's, we did that because that resonated with that ideal client. They were bringing their, their children. A lot of them were coming up before they were having children. They were coming up to have children, mm. right? So a lot of them, they, they end up, you know, they're planning to, to, to move out to, to the suburbs. Maybe suddenly now they're going to have a baby. <laughs> Let's get out to the suburbs now. Right. And when they, they want to build a house, they're going to build one of these, take out one of these old houses. A lot of those old houses are not very healthy. And so we built a brand around making them happy and healthy and happy is another, another really key point in it is that a lot of those old houses aren't designed for modern families. You know, the houses are all cut up into these little, you know, modules, right? The Mm -hmm. kitchen is its module. The dining room is a module. The living room is a module. And so we took those houses and we, we turned them into modern houses, the way modern families live with open spaces and ways to connect and, and technology and all the things that come with that to make those clients happy, right? To make the, the raising of their family happy so they can have healthy, happy kids, right? Everybody wants healthy, happy kids. That's part of our brand. And so that's what we built. We built a, a brand that when people hear the, the, the name Five Cat Studio, they instantly think, oh, that's the firm that does those additions and alterations to those houses that are, are throughout New York City or throughout north, northern New York City. Let me take you, take you back there for a second. Yeah. Um, think about the first two or three things, two or three components of the brand you've built that made the biggest impact. Like be, be specific if you can, please, Mark. Like what are, is it the website? Is it the logo? Is it, is it, the, is it the tagline? Is it how you talk? Is it, is it how you dress? Like what is it? Um, what, yeah. Or is it the contract design? What, what were some of the key things? Okay. Yes, 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 and yes, because all of that is part of your brand, right? Including the contract. It's all part of your brand. The way the contract is presented, the way the contract is written, it's all part of the brand. I totally rebuilt my my contract to be friendly, right? So when, when the client gets that contract, they're not overwhelmed by it, right? Because the, the entire process is part of it, right? You want to make sure from the very beginning all the way to the end it is a designed process. And that's really what architects need to think about is our business is, is a design, 
you're designing your business, designing all these systems and new ways of creating things. Just like creating problem solving of, with a building, you're problem solving with business. Um, but the, but to answer your question, Alex, the thing that is most important, in my opinion, today is a website. The mm. website must resonate with your ideal client because it's the first place people go to find you. Whether they're doing a Google search or whether you've got a referral, right? A lot of architects say, oh, I don't need a brand. I have referrals, right? That's My business is built on word of mouth. My clients tell some other people and they hire me. The people who referred you, the first thing those people do when they get the referral is go to your website. And if that website doesn't resonate with them, and that's a really important word, resonate. It needs to have an emotional connection, right? When I land on that website within three seconds, right? Because if it doesn't, I'm going somewhere else, right? Especially if I'm on a Google search. If I do a Google search for Westchester Architects and and I'm flipping through them. If it doesn't resonate, I'm going to the next one, right? So the website needs to resonate immediately. And so it needs to be built to, so when I land there as a client, I feel like I've, I've found my place, right? And so the website, I would say, is the most important thing. And the way the website needs to be built needs to be about the client, not about the firm. Ah, that's interesting. I, 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 I'm a big subscriber to that mindset. I just don't think a lot of people execute on that. That's where opportunity is. Yeah, architects are, are terrible for that um, because everybody wants to show off their beautiful architecture. Most architecture websites, although it's shifting, right? We're working hard to get our message out. So things are shifting, um, especially with small firms. They're hearing what we're saying for the past 10 years. Um, but the website needs to be about the client and the client's problem and how you are going to solve that problem, right? It's a, it's a hero story. The client is the hero, you are the guide, right? So the, the website should all be about how you as the guide are just going to guide your client through solving their problem, right? You're not the hero, your client's the hero. And so when, I, when a client shows up and sees the website, that website needs to speak to them, right? The tagline, when they read the tagline, and it, they should have a tagline, right? It should, there should be words that your client, potential client reads, and when they read that, they say, yes. That's me, that's my problem. I'm there, right? You understand me, right? Because what you just said on that first sentence, because I have three seconds, I read that one sentence or three sentences, that's me, I'm in the right place. now where else can I look, right? Now I'll go click about, or now I'll go click a portfolio, right? If, if, even if that's necessary, I'm not even convinced that a portfolio is necessary. What's necessary is what's the next step because a website is a sales tool, right? It's to get you to the next step. So it needs to resonate, I'm in the right place. Then it needs to be really clear on what do I do next? Okay, I found my architect. I love what I'm seeing here, right? I love those words. I love the feeling of this website. It's speaking to me. Oh, there's a button that says book an appointment or book a call or send an email or download my, you know, my manual on how to design a great architecture, you know, design a great kitchen or whatever, whatever it is, whatever, whatever the call to action is, needs to be very, very clear because that's the next step, right? And it's, and it's the first step of your sales process. The marketing, the marketing system 
drives traffic to the website. The website is built on a strong brand that's, that's resonating with that ideal client. And, the, and it very clearly says, what do you do next? That's the first step of your sales process. They click the button, it takes them to wherever you want them to go, and they, go, they start the journey through the sales process. And then that should be designed in a way that's built around the brand, right? That resonates with your client, that they feel happy that they're going through this process, right? I've clicked this, I've gotten something that makes me happy. I want more, I want more, I want more. So when you actually get to the point where are you gonna hire me? They're like, yeah, where do I sign up to hire you? Cause I, this is, I'm in the right place. I love this journey that you took me through. Where do I sign up? I wanna do this. I know that you're, you're qualified. That's why the portfolio may not be that important. Right, the journey is way more important than the portfolio. And a lot of architects, you show up on a website and it's just pictures of beautiful architecture. That's great. Yeah. What do you do after that? <laughs> now I gotta start looking through the contact. Oh, where's the contact form? Oh, there's the button for contact. Click the contact. Oh, there's a form that I can fill out. Maybe, maybe this will get to the person that I need it to get to. I could put my name and information in there and send it off and now what? I go, I go looking at the next architect is what I do. Right. Absolutely. And so, so this is, this is, this is definitely, um, this is definitely a great, uh, it resonates a lot here, but um, it's a great mindset shift that the website needs to work as hard as you do on, on showcasing who you are, but not who you are, but what you solve and for whom. And so that person can self self qualify because we spend like somebody may, may say the arguments I hear is like, well, I I, just, I can't don't have time to get back to everybody. Uh, you know, especially somebody that's somewhat established. You know, they'll have inquiries coming from everywhere, and 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 they're not doing a good job being responsive and and following up and all those things. And because they don't want to sometimes because they can't. They just have work to do. They they're just wearing thirty hats, whatever. The point you're making is is really good because people self-qualify. So so by the time they get to the funnel and inquire, you know, they're like they're like emotionally, you know, tied into right. your messaging and they're, they're like halfway there. So you better have time to talk to those people. Um, so that's a good point. I want to shift gears. We don't have a lot of time left, Mark, but I still want to pick your brain on profitability. Yeah. We, I think the marketing we gave a solid advice. I think it's solid. Like there's a couple things. Like the website and the messaging, focus on that. And I think that's going to get you going on the right direction. And then if you want more, go to Mark's podcast. Uh, what is it? What is your podcast called? Podcast, the podcast is entrearchitect.com or entrearchitect podcast is, is my podcast. The second podcast is build your brand. Build, build your brand, brand podcast. You yeah. just, if you go to gablemedia.com, G-A-B-L media.com, they are all there and many, many more. Perfect. So they're right there, Gable Media. We'll link it out in in in, in the uh, resources. But profitability. I don't know how much you know. I, like I, 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 we don't need to go into like numbers specifically, but maybe percentages. What is what is a good benchmark for a a a successful in our definition successful architecture company? What should be the percentage? What should be the bottom line? Twenty percent. Nice. I like that. So should I would say. In, in service business, IT business, including that's sort of where you want to shoot towards. Typically, though, it's not like what what is the average you'd say? Seven. <laughs> For an architect? Yeah. An average? Yeah. I don't know. Five, seven, maybe <laughs> yeah. zero. 
five seven zero. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's better than zero. <laughs> that's part of the problem with with a lot of architects is that is that they don't do the work up front to plan for profit. They they design their architecture. They maybe they'll send out their invoices whenever they get to it, and then they'll get paid, and they'll do that over and over and over again as long as there's money in the bank. They keep going. Right. And at the end of the year, the accountant will tell them whether they were profitable or not, if you're lucky. Right. That's what a lot of architects are doing. Small firm architects, that's what they do. And what they need to do is they need to put together an annual budget. So, you know, up front before you start the year, how much you're going to bring in and how much you're going to spend. Right. It's an estimate. It's a projection but you have to do it. That's how businesses work. That's how successful businesses work. They build an annual budget and then you can build out a profit plan. What do you actually need to do to be profitable? So if you target 20%, what, what is the actual process that you need to go through to earn that 20%? How many projects do you need to bring in enough revenue to earn 20%? How many people are going to be working for you in order for you to get that work done in a timely manner, uh, to, in order to bill enough billable hours to earn enough money to bring in that much money, right? And then how much are you going to spend with your expenses on the expense side? You do that all up front. You do a full calculation uh, for a profit plan. If you go to Profit Tools, entrearchitect.com slash profit tools, one word, there's uh, three calculators and three videos, they're free, that will walk you through that entire process of wow, putting together a, a profit plan. Um, and those are the two things you need to do before the year starts. Build an annual budget and put together a profit plan because now you have something to check along the way. And then every month you pull your, your, your PL statement, your profit loss statement, and your balance sheet. You look at those every month and you check your your PL against your profit plan. And you say, okay, are, am I on target for what I had planned? And if you're not, then you can make adjustments, right? If you start in January, at the end of January, you're not yet on target and something's not right, you can adjust and say, okay, what do I need to do? I need to, you know, maybe I need to lay somebody off or maybe I need to hire somebody or maybe I need another project. I learned that in January, the end of January. Or maybe I'm right on target and I go through February. And then February, I'm like, oh, something's not right. I can adjust, February. Every month you can check and keep adjusting, keep adjusting, keep adjusting. And then when you're in December, you do your, your end of the year report and you made 20% because all along you've been adjusting to make sure that you are going to earn 20%. And now you've done the, the adjusting all along the way to do that. Without any of that profit plan, without going through the annual budget and the profit plan, you have no idea what to do. You don't do any adjusting. You don't do any checking. You just do your work. And as long as there's bank and money in the bank, you keep going. But at the end of the year, you probably have minimal profit, if any. But if you do, if you do have 20% profit, that's actually 20% of your earnings. So if you made 100 grand, it's $20,000, right? If you earned... $100,000, you have $20,000 profit to do whatever you want with it, right? You can do anything you want with that. You can put it back into the business and continue to grow your, your systems. You can go hire somebody. You could put it in your pocket and go on vacation. 
You could do whatever you want with it. It's profit, right? But, but that's how businesses grow. You take that profit, you reinvest it back in the business, and you continue to grow and get bigger and, and stronger and faster and be able to serve your clients better. And happier. And happier, right. And you could sleep. You could sleep at night because your bills are paid, right? And your clients are happy and your employees are happy. What luxury. Um, and so I, I just want to sort of summarize it a little bit and then give you a little bit space at the end um, to make uh, maybe another suggestion comments and also let people know where they can find you. But sure. let me just kind of summarize that. So I think what we've arrived at is a path to success can be long, but doesn't have to be too long, but it can be enjoyable as well. You can enjoy that path. And I think it's it's not how many buildings you can build and and show off to people. It's more along these lines. Find the ideal client, you know, find what that is, then build a brand and specifically Mark recommends a website that speaks to your brand, that speaks to the your ideal client and only your ideal client and in ways that they cannot, they cannot resist you, bottom line. And then to make it all work, put an annual budget together of expenses and an income and then make a profit plan. I think those are like foundationally solid, but I think to accomplish these things, you have to, as a um, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you have to give yourself space to work on the business, not just in the business. Because being in the business, Mark, I find it's very comfortable. Because you, you know, you know exactly right. what you do in this design. You're assigning tasks, man. You're there. You, you you're competent. You're competent. Your competency. You it's it's like it, you it's enjoyable. And you know, I got to pull Boris out of these you know the the competence uh, um, you know hole. And, 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 and so we can elevate and look and work on the business because it's hard. There's a lot of unknown. You have to make decisions. Um, they're different. You have to educate yourself. So I think I'm going to encourage from my perspective, allow yourself space to work on the business and amazing things will happen. Mark, any piece of advice, any, or Boris, anything you guys want to sort of part, uh, leave our audience with? Yeah, I, I, I want to respond to what you just said, Alex. The, the, the idea of finding time to work on your business. Another big problem for architects, right? Because we're working so much on building, being in the business and doing the, the architecture stuff that we love, right? We're passionate about that. We'll spend all night doing that. And so it's very difficult to find the time to work on your business. Um, my solution to that is to build a one-page business plan. Mm. Just take one page and write out your vision and your mission, put together a set of goals, put together a set of action steps for each one of those goals, and then take those action steps and get them on your calendar, right? And block out the time on your calendar every week to work on those action steps and get those actions done, which will achieve your goals, which will get you to your mission and allow you to achieve your vision. And vision is your big picture. What's, what is the big picture look like, right? Three, three to five years, what does it look like? Right? Why are you, and, and what does that life look like? What does that firm look like? Your mission is the why to the vision. Why is that vision so important to you, right? That's your purpose. That vision and mission become your purpose. Once you understand what your purpose is, once you understand what the vision is and what you understand why that vision is important to you, then the goals and the action plans become something that's really important to you, right? I want to make sure I achieve these goals because I want to achieve that vision and mission. And so working on your business, break it all the way down to the, the action steps of the, of the purpose, 
right? Now the things on your calendar are important to you, right? A lot of us put them on the calendar and when, then when a client calls and we, we see that as optional space, right? If I've blocked out every Tuesday from one o'clock to, to four o'clock to work on my business, that should be just as important as any client meeting. You shouldn't ever touch it. That's your time to work on your business. That's the time that you're working on those action steps to get to the, to the vision and mission. And if you keep moving them around and, and replacing them with other things that are more important, you'll never achieve the goals, which will never get you to where you wanna go and you'll be always running around in circles. And so tying those blocks of time on your calendar to your purpose is how you how you end up finding the time and really being passionate about working on your business because now it's purpose driven. I want to work on my business because I want it to be more successful so I can achieve my vision. That's fantastic advice. Um, do you have any resource for that one page business plan? Uh, I know you just mentioned resource for a couple other things. You have three videos. Yep. Um, do you have a resource for that? I have a resource for everything. <laughs> so, so if you go to if you go to the blog, there's a blog post called the one page business plan. I think it's entrearchitect.com slash one page business plan or business plan, something like that. Um, we'll link it out here. But, but you you can go actually probably even big, bigger important more more important link is entrearchitect.com slash search. Go there and search anything you want. So if you want to find the business plan post, go there. There's probably also a podcast on it. Um, if you want more information on knowing how to put together a, a brand, we have a course called the Brand Course, Build Your Brand Course, entrearchitect.com slash brand course. And we have a course on putting together a financial management system, entrearchitect.com slash profit course is the profit course. Um, and the thing that's probably the most powerful thing at Entree Architect is our mastermind groups. It's, and that's another way to um, be held accountable to work on your business. Every week, our mastermind groups meet. Um, they're groups of small groups of 10 architects that meet every week that are facilitated by architects. And they work together to be more successful. They set goals. They hold, hold each other accountable. Um, EntreeArchitect.com slash mastermind is information for that. Fantastic, Mark. Thank you very much for your time. Those of you listening, there's tons of free resources. If you want to kind of step in and be accountable and actually go execute, there's courses that you can purchase um, as well as uh, masterminds, which I can't recommend enough personally to participate because it's so lonely out there as an entrepreneur. Uh, you got, yeah. you know, you got to have a shoulder to cry on. And we have, we have 18 mastermind groups. That holy I'm cow. Yeah. yeah. It shows that people love it. So thank you for your time, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Um, and we will see you next time. And we hope that at least this particular episode and advice was given here. I will help you out. And um, if you need help with your IT, it's ArcIT, getarcit.com. Uh, come see us. And we are targeting Ideal Profile, you, my dear architect. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.